Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I am currently in the UK teaching in York and we're having a lovely time this weekend. I will be heading to Turkey for the next couple of weeks, June 1st to the 12th teaching a beautiful transformative retreat for those who are joining me. I'm so excited. And then I'll be in Munich, Germany, June 16th to the 18th. So if you're in Europe or close by or you want to pop in and come to the workshop, there's spots open. I would love to have you and meet you and support you in your practice. It's going to be a great weekend as well. Today, our guest is also from the UK. She's a dear friend of mine, Sally Parks, and we had just such a fun conversation with her. I wanted to tell you a little bit about her because she has some amazing career achievements in the world of yoga. So I wanted to just talk to you about her because maybe you've never met her or you don't know who she is, but she's done some incredible things. She is a regular writer for Ohm Yoga and Lifestyle Magazine, plus she has authored three books, The Yoga Healing Handbook, Modern Essential Guide, Yoga, Discover the Best Postures, Meditation, Breathing Exercises for Complete Physical and Spiritual Well-Being, and also The Manual of Yoga Anatomy. She's trained over 1,500 students to teach yoga in various disciplines uh, through her own yoga school that she's been running for the last 11 years. She has honors degree in sports science and exercise physiology, and she's been a teacher for Movement for Modern Life online yoga classes and And they also have a free yoga app that you can look up if you're interested in looking it up. And She's been building up her own online platform recently, which is the Sally Parks Yoga Club. And you can access exclusive online yoga classes um, through this platform. So we'll put links to all these in the show notes. You can also find her on Instagram at Sally Parks Yoga School. And I'm sure if you DM her, she will send you the link. So reach out to her and get in touch because she is just an amazing human being. She does so much for the yoga community and travels all throughout Europe. So if you're living in Europe or the UK, you probably have heard of Sally Parks. We ended up meeting each other back in 2004, 2005 in Thailand. And Sally and Russell met totally independently around the same time in Uh, Brighton. So it's such an interesting full circle conversation that we're having here. And what I love about what Sally is up to these days is she is fully committed to supporting women uh, transform their health through these practices of movement, meditation, and yoga. And she's teaching teachers how to be more supportive to female students in their class through transition periods in life like pregnancy, postpartum, uh, perimenopause, menopause. She's really focused on women's health and holistic movement, uh, holistic spirituality. And she's just a great woman, a great person, mama of two herself, and just 
you know, an entrepreneur, a yoga teacher, running her own school, her own business, traveling, balancing that with having two children and, you know, being in a family unit, uh, as well as her own practices and taking care of herself. So you're going to hear the full spectrum today around um, how Sally is balancing life and managing all of these different aspects of life and some of the things that brought her into this path, which I think is really interesting and helpful um, to hear people's spiritual journeys and realize that it's often through the most difficult times in our life, the most troubling things that bring us into these great openings and awakenings and deepen our connection to the universe or God or divine consciousness or universal consciousness, whatever you want to call that higher self, that higher power. Um, that's what we're talking about today. So without further ado, Let's jump in with Sally Parks. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. We have an exciting one for you today. Russell's here. He's co-host still. Oh, God. <laughs> I understand that you got my ex-wife to be on the podcast today. No, this is a different English, Sally. Sally from, <laughs> Sally from Sussex. Is that right? Sally the I just, I think I just missed out on being your first wife. Yeah, she just missed that. No, no, we used to practice yoga together in in Brighton. Sally from Sussex, yeah. We did, we did. But this is this Sally. This is a different Sally. This isn't the one you were married to. No. Well, let's just agree to disagree. (laughs) No, today we have Sally Parks. Oh. Sally Parks. Oh shit! That's not my wife at all. No. Hi. (laughs) You you were my student in Brighton. How are you? I was just. I'm, oh. good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I yeah. did wonder what happened to you. You don't really do social, do you? Social media. Oh, I, hate I, it. I so often wonder. Yeah. yeah. I often wonder what happened to teachers I've had the fortune of studying with, and some are not social media people, which I fully understand. So it's nice to that our paths have finally crossed again. It is. So yeah. you said you wanted to get married. <laughs> to. Not to me. No, never mind. No, too late. <laughs> I was con- I misconstrued what you said earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you were interested in me, that's fine. You know, it's you get these sort of tensions in the room all the time, oh, and you yes. just kind of. We're going to talk about you today yeah, and the great. tensions that you have in your rooms. <laughs> Where in the world are you these days, Sally? <laughs> speechless. I am about nine miles away from Bryson, so Worthing, oh, so West still- Sussex, Worthing. Oh, I remember Worthy. Uh-huh. Still kind of in the area. That's kind of, like there's an Ashtanga center on that side. Did you go? You go to that one? No, she doesn't practice Ashtanga anymore. Oh, she doesn't. Oh, no. oh shit! Was it me? <gasps> yeah. Is that the end of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I got. Kind we should of. have ended no, the podcast. Oh. No, it wasn't you. No. I had. Uh, okay, I don't know what to answer first. I mean, why in West Sussex? So I lived in London between seeing you last time, Russell. I lived in London for quite a long time, but then I came ah, back down. Nice. Came back down south to be by the coast. Yeah, yeah. that's Pretty. beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, the reason I, I don't. Uh, sorry, yeah, honey. Why don't you practice Ashtanga? Let's talk about it. 
And why did she start doing Ashtanga? Oh, that should be where we should start. Wow. You should start in a linear... Start at the beginning? Start at the beginning. Why don't you do Ashtanga anymore? Was it me? Well, you were practicing with Russell in Brighton. And then I then we met in Thailand oh, on a teacher training. And you were practicing then. Yeah. And then what yeah. happened in your life? Then we I lost track of you. Yeah. Well, I started Ashtanga because that was all, all there was. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ashtanga or That was the choice. That was in the choice. 2000. Well, in 2000, that's when I yeah. started. Amazing. My, le- my favorite lecturer at university started some classes and a teacher training. So I started with her. She was um, Vinny Yoga trained. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yoga Jessica Char's son. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Or Krishnamacharya's so nice son, Char. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was a nice introduction. And then um, and then I just used to cycle over to Brighton. So I, I lived in Lansing, which is a little village outside of Brighton at the time. And uh, I would go to the lunchtime class at the Buddhist Center, which were mm. Ashtanga. Nice. I'd try and get there most days. And we'd only ever go up to um, Novatna. Yeah. And I, I wanted more. I don't know how I found out about the Mysore practices um which you and Russell but I ended up there somehow and then it's quite it's quite I found it quite addictive mm. I found the practice addictive yeah. so that's why you saw me so much yeah. quite that a long was, time I think it was I think nice. it was maybe four five it was wow. I I um I been in India and my um a mentor of mine Sharon Moon took a gig with Julie Martin at the Brighton Natural Health Center and then got me and roped me in. And I had an interest in being in England. So I moved to, to Brighton and then I was there until we buggered off to Taiwan, which is about three, four years later. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you going to Taiwan. Yeah. 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 And then Sarah took over, right? Oh, Sarah Miles. Sarah. She's still there. She's Good wonderful. old Sarah. She's wonderful. She is there. Yeah, I looked her up. She's still there. Yeah. yeah. She was great. She's one of my yeah. faves. Yeah. yeah. She's just really normal. Yeah. Yeah. She? yeah. She is. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, pretense or anything. She just gets on with it. Yeah. yeah, and I really appreciate her her guidance. And then the reason I stopped, I was so in love with yoga. It was such a big love affair. But I just, I ended, <laughs> I went to my school and I came back with a bulging disc. And uh, <laughs> actually, I thought it was a bulging disc. It turned out to be three bulging discs when yeah. I finally oh got a scan. Yeah. And, um, and it's taken... A lot, really long time for them to heal, but partly because, well, they haven't healed completely. They never will. I have degraded vertebrae, basically. Same. And so my lumbar spine is essentially crumbly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Same. Yeah. So kind of crumbly. Just turned uh, to did dust. you say Same. Yeah, yeah. It's just all turned to dust. And I personally oh. feel so much better of having stopped practicing. <laughs> feel great you do your little stretches i do little stretches but i absolutely feel great i feel so much so better. you're not being sarcastic right now you're not practicing no he doesn't no, it's do. hard to tell i would say he doesn't oh, practice gosh. a strong anymore i i, I do oh. i mean not i like go in there on and i lie on, i lie on the mat yeah you do your little stretches i do my little stretches yeah Oh, but, um, it's so sad. I loved it so much. I loved the community and I loved the craziness of it. Some of the postures, you're like, what the hell am I 
doing? Yeah. But I liked that side of it because it was kind of wacky. Yeah. And <laughs> I loved the people there. And the bars, the bars you'd have all day from it. Yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I had this back, back issue. And it turned out after a scan, I've got two spots of scoliosis as well. So then mm-hmm. yeah. the load on the body that Stanger yeah. gave me was um, slowly – it start. Initially, it was energizing. Then I just felt like I was being more and more depleted. Right. Yeah. I was also a bit of a nutter because I was teaching so much on top of it. And of course, with Ashtanga, especially as you work your way up, it's <laughs> you should kind of rest for the rest of the day. But me, 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 five classes, and and I yeah. remember Sarah Miles. So I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I'm not Ashtanga bashing. I think it was all the other stuff as well. Plus, I didn't eat much either for that time. So, mm. but I remember Sarah Miles saying. You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> she kind of to one side one day. I wow. think I was having a, yeah another. And she's like, "You're going to kill yourself," like mm-hmm. really direct. So I was like, yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Because I was teaching so much. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Because you were teaching uh, so many eight. classes and then practicing and not eating and running yeah. around but like, it's also expensive working to live out all day in england like you kind of need you kind of need a teacher like at least yeah yeah every yeah. every piece of coin like, yeah yeah so i was just taking all the work i could and um yeah but i was also quite addicted to that rushing around buzz i, I liked that right. i got off on that quite a lot the adrenaline yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of of getting off, I I I think that you know we really did have the same <laughs> spine, and we really were probably well matched because we have exactly the same issues. It's sort of well, you have bone spurs. <laughs> and she has oh, the whole thing, discs. herniated discs and crumbly discs, and <laughs> the whole thing. Osteo, oh. I've got osteoarthritis now as well. Yeah. Oh wow! Where yeah. in the lower back? Yeah, in the oh, lower back. Yeah, yeah. I as I say, I can do upward dog, and I can do yeah. downward dog, but I can't do them together. I can't do one right after the other. No, right, okay. not at all. No way. Interesting. No chance. See, upward dog for me. I'm I'm at the osteopath the next day if I do it. So when I demo, yeah. I just have to do cobra, and then I I use someone in the class to demo up dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. So I talked today, and that's all. That's what I did because yeah. it just. I'm, I'm on fire. I got pain down my left leg and all sorts. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. we're a little young for that. Don't you think? Don't you think we're a little too young? For I know. That? I know. It seems yeah. like that's like a 60 year old thing, you know, not like a, well, I guess we're not too far away from that actually. Yeah. I have got <laughs> of an old lady. Spine, it turns out. Yeah. But now it's, it's, it has improved my teaching a lot, the challenges with my back, because yeah. I used to think people just needed to try harder. Yeah. <laughs> Work harder, get up earlier, practice more, do it longer. Get lighter. <laughs> get lighter, and, yes. Yes. Oh, with that's, the anorexia that's always a good, again. With that. A good one. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> always kind of there in the background, eh? Um, it's changing slowly, thank God. More representation yeah. in the the industry but um yeah that that kind of push 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 and I was uh I think I was a bit of a yoga asshole in that I would be like well just just do it again do it again try harder but then this has been quite humbling that oh okay I can't do what I want and every day I don't know how my back's gonna feel so it's quite hard to plan um and with, with regards to the 
yoga. I mean, I just, I just move. I, you know, I stretch out and move. Yin yoga feels yeah. good, so I'm into that. Then mm-hmm. at the yoga, and today I just cycled for an hour. That was that was my yoga Whoa. today. That's what I did. Yeah. So in order yeah. for me to be able to sit still, because <laughs> I got ADHD. So. I needed to exercise. Why you just walk your dogs, Harmony? I know, uh, yeah. I so was out walking the dogs. I love the cardio. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. Um, what I'm curious about is you went to Mysore with, like, dreams of becoming an authorized Ashtanga yoga teacher. Just like me. <laughs> and... You came out of Mysore with a herniated, three herniated discs. How did that happen? Did it, was there like an incident or was it just Was there like an incident? Yeah. Trying too there hard? There was an incident. Yeah, tell us. Who did well, this Well, it was probably waiting to, to be, it was probably waiting to happen because of the yeah. scoliosis I've got, which I didn't even know I had. I, that's how kind of out of my body I used to exist. I didn't even notice it. Um uh, but it was a back job with the, uh, and then Sarah Swati adjusted me, which I was hanging out for. I was, I was, I was waiting for her to adjust me. So it was completely, you know, I wanted yeah, to adjust Yeah, cool down, and, yeah. Yeah. And then hands on the back of my knees. And I was like, damn, I've made it in life, you know? Yay. And then I came up and I was like, oh, shoot. What yeah. just happened? Yeah. I had this, like, my back, like I was being punched. Yeah. And, um, Someone hooked me up with this healer guy. I think he was actually a pervert, but I mm. went to see him. And like, you can in my both those things. Down. That's all right. You can those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, did he do? What did he do to you? Uh, do you know what? I don't. I'm not totally sure, but he was quite quite keen on me getting undressed. Yeah, I remember yeah. that bit for sure. Yeah. yeah. For him, from his perspective, at least you got undressed. <laughs> and if you also got healed, was it like a massage? Kind of an energy work, and I think he was just blagging it. Really, yeah, I was, yeah. my back did feel calmer after, but yeah. that might have been perceived. And just the fact I really wanted it to work. Yeah. But later on, like I was like, "Ha!" Huh. That's just skeevy. That uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> But anyway, before a male, you know, when you're not around a lot of female energy, when you're suddenly around it, you do become a pervert in that moment. It's like, oh, I'm kind of quite interested in this, in this thing. And this, it's a thing, it becomes a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I would probably be the same if I was a male, to be fair. Um, (laughs) I'm not like that. I'm just getting what you're saying. That's what I'm seeing the other yeah. side. No, I wouldn't be like that. Ooh, but um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I was possibly a bit messed up. But then when I came back, I, I kept, I didn't want to believe that my Ashtanga journey was over. So I kept coming back to yoga, being in pain, then coming back. You know, I think that yeah. went on for about another two years or something. Yeah. And then I started to drop postures out that hurt. And then I was like, well, this isn't even Ashtanga anymore. So I right. just became a rather than a shtanga teacher, a yoga teacher. Yeah. 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 Good. And, and taught all yeah. sorts. And, yeah. and Pilates. Pilates has been brilliant. I love teaching Pilates. That's, yeah. That always feels good. That can be really helpful myself. for back pain and developing core strength, which is often the cause of back pain, right, is not having that stability to support the spine through the front of the body. 
Yeah. I found with yeah. drugs that I could, I, I got, it's I, I kept at it with for another 10 years after I should have stopped. Yeah. With like, okay. not like medicine, but it's like, like serious, like uh, muscle, muscle relaxants and, you know, anti, mm. uh, anti-inflammatories anti of all kinds, like real liver crushing stuff, you know? <laughs> like what give me an example well like you know you shouldn't like a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen just to fucking get out of bed you know and do that is that wrong yeah yes that's wrong like my yeah. friend my friend frank died of vascular disease because of that for real yeah you get vascular what? disease and it can fucking kill you from taking uh you basically overdose on ibuprofen after a decade well, it Whoa. kills your liver, right? That's how we fucking died. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I used to take a pack a day when I was teaching up in London. This is when my discs were bulging, right? Yeah, wow. so I might meet your yeah. friend soon on the other yeah. side. <laughs> yes. And I, I would just, it just started creeping out. I'd take a couple in the morning and then I was like, shit, I need a pack a day because I was teaching like 20 something classes a week. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, and then, That's so many. And then I don't know, I don't know what happened. I must have had one of, you know, just a moment where I was like, screw this. And I just, I just, I just left it all. I just left London. I couldn't do it anymore. Right. <laughs> I was just, I was bored. I think you get to a point and it's quite liberating to get to that point where you just, just get sick of your own shit. Mm. You just get sick of your own moaning, pains, problems. Because we're generally the creator of most of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ourselves. Yeah, that's And I was like, I need to get out of here. And London made me a bit crazy anyway. I, I kind of got caught. The yoga scene in London's kind of, um, well, it's just very intense, I was finding. So being in that wasn't, well, now I look back, it, it wasn't great for me as yeah. all. I did, I, you know, I made a good living. Um, yeah. Right. And um, teaching a 30 a classes a week or 27 classes a week, that's a lot. And you don't have a day off, do yeah. you? No, there is no day off. And, the, and if you get a bit of time, it's like you're catching up on life stuff, life admin mm-hmm. and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to get to a certain point financially and, uh, you know, be, be known enough that I could launch a training. So that, so then I did that and then I got out, me and my yeah. crumbly spine got out. Right. Oh my gosh. My, my friend, my, my, my friend Frank, he was my student mm-hmm. and I just, he was just really open and lovely and I could work with him. He was 57 and um, he would then he would go work out and then he would go swim at lunch and he would work all day at Kaiser Permanente, the hospital. And then every once in a while, he would be just stiff as a board. And I was like, what's what's hap- what's what's happening to you today? He's like, oh, I didn't take my ibuprofen. Oh, wow. And so he was on it every day. And then he just died. And and he, he came back with vascular disease and the in the autopsy. I was like, oh, fucking hell and then i when I, I when i put the whole thing together i went cold turkey i was like i'm not taking that shit anymore because that'll it'll kill you you know yeah. and then of course my practice fell apart the same because i couldn't do it without yeah. the ibuprofen i couldn't yeah. do it any part of it and and that's so messed up, isn't it? And I've done it too, where you're masking yourself, you're masking yeah. your pain to do a yeah. yoga practice, which is supposed to be making you healthier. Yeah, what's that about? Exactly, exactly. That's um, that that's when we transform the yoga into another uh, egotic 
practice to to make ourselves feel better about our inner wound you know like all this messed up stuff inside of us is like well we're gonna cure that with yoga and then i'll be better at it than anyone else (laughs) right yeah yeah and then and then you're back to ego yeah so that's that's also screwed up it's so sneaky though isn't it (laughs) right that like it is sneaky that that that's a good word for it yeah yeah because you you don't initially go into it like that and even when you're in it you don't you don't necessarily have the awareness that it's happening but then you're like you know looking at instagram you're like well i can do that better than that person or um, that that bitch is so young i'm gonna kill her you're posting on instagram you're like oh i'm amazing or like i have such a great practice i feel so good right but like all of that is just reinforcing that sneaky ego aspect. Yeah. And then eventually yeah. it destroys you. Mm. <laughs> yes. This is also positive. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a I, good thing. I, that's the thing that you want to destroy. Well, it destroys the, you or you destroy it eventually. You want to destroy <laughs> the the urgent need to to show off. And like, get yeah. rid of that, and your whole life is, is, is better. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. then you can just do the stuff. Now, I remember there was a there was a, the old Iyengar lady who taught Iyengari yoga upstairs. Do you remember her at Brighton Natural Health Center? I can't remember. She was like a no. ancient. She was probably like fifty, and. Um, <laughs> No, I think I think she actually she was she was seventy something, and she was such a nice, sweet old lady. But I also kind of had the sense about her that she was just a wee bit arrogant. But you know, we were also quite arrogant with our little Mysore room. And I remember her saying to me one day, yeah. "It's like, well, the thing about Ashtanga yoga is eventually you become an Iyengar student." <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's right. She was right. Yeah. She was so right. That's why she was arrogant. She basically knew. She knew what was going to happen to us. She knew we were popular. Yeah. She knew that. Yeah. 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 She'd been there. I love Iyengar. Yeah. She'd been there. Yeah. 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 Props are a lot. There's a lot to cope with, but I do love love my Iyengar. That's what I started with. And then I got caught up in the Ashtanga world. Yeah, the Ashtanga, like you say, it gives you that really awesome high when you're in it and you're on awesome. that roll, right? Oh, you're doing yeah. it all the day, every day, and you're doing it hard, and you get really high, and you're like, "It's amazing." <laughs> I'd finally been allowed to get to intermediate after yeah. fucking four years of primary, and um, uh, I don't know the name of the posture. What is it in plank where you where you like jump? What's that? Oh, yeah, Nakrasana. Nakrasana. The crocodile. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was my, doing that and I was having a complete meltdown. And Russell was standing over me and I was crying. I allowed you to do that. Mm. There was a trail of snot from me to the floor. <laughs> and my hands were going in it. And Russell just went, do it again. And that was it. You did not, you did not acknowledge my snot or anything. It was just, you were just like, do it again. And that was it. You were cold. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I remember those days. Oh, you know, I didn't. I didn't think I had any energy, and I did do it again. 
I did. And I was I was very pleased because I thought, well, that just shows when you think you've got nothing left, there's something. I mean, yeah, maybe this is not helped. <laughs> but I think that's that's why there's like an O like an OB in the room while you're giving birth. Like that that person's there to like, come on, one more time, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give it yeah. a go. Yeah. But that was wild. And I I loved the extremeness of it, I must yeah. say. I really I didn't get that anywhere else. And it, other yoga you'd get a bit um, you know, coddled, a bit like, oh, don't do it if it hurts. But Russell was just like, do it again. <laughs> And I, I like, I like it. At the time, I, I don't know if I like it now, but this, I liked the militant. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, did I. I think I think that's the thing is there's different like stages in your journey and in your practice, and I think you know early on when you have a lot of energy and a lot of um, fight, you almost need that like super. Mm disciplinary kind of like I remember even like when I was a lot younger you know you fantasize about like joining the army or like doing something like that because it's so like intense you want to like test your willpower and your determination you want to like be strong and like fight right like fight but it's like against yourself in a way right like and I think that there's a certain aspect of the practice especially ashtanga i mean i think it's also an iyengar though those guys are crazy sometimes they're yeah. very violent yeah, um, militant. Get super yeah. <laughs> militant right but there's something to that kind of teacher that kind of approach to the practice that is very attractive when you have a lot of that fight in you right like, like you want to fight against yourself you want to fight against your limitations you want to fight against boundaries and you kind of need a teacher that's going to like challenge you to do that. Right. But then like, I think there is another stage in the journey where you're like, you know what? I I just kind of want to be kind to myself. (laughs) I just want to be gentle and sweet. Since I had kids, because that's all been quite brutal. I'm like, I'm not going to go and seek out pain in yoga anymore. I have enough pain. Yeah. But prior to that, like just, you can just fucking hit me with a stick and I'll take it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm ready. And I, really? I loved that. And I loved, I loved to take an instruction and, and just going for it. And then the rest of my life was chaos. But I loved walking into the room, <laughs> hearing Ujjayi breathing, smelling the the incense and just and just knowing what was going to come for yeah. the next 90 minutes. Just yeah. that that structure. I really needed that at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Nazma? Nazma, Nazma, Nazma. Well, yeah, she was a student. Um, little thin um, Bangladeshi lady. I think she was like maybe a, a professional of some kind, like a lawyer or something. And oh. she said to me, "I've been out fucking drinking all night." <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lie a little bit to exaggerate, snorting coke and the, the whole thing. And I'm like I'd I had come in from being out all night and I was it was This is you or the my the friend Nazma. My friend Nazma. And then like six f- five thirty, six in the morning, I got home from the club and I'm sitting on the toilet with my head in my hands. And my niece, my little my little niece walks into the toilet, says, Nazma, auntie, let's play. And I looked at her. 
I said, oh, fuck this. I'm going to go practice with Russell instead. I'm not playing with this fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> Epiphany moment. So she came She came to Glasgow High? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Over. Um, yeah, I mean, she was probably just a little, little bit, little bit, you know, hungover is probably all it was. But um, yeah, I just think that there's there's an element there for us where our lives were such chaos in growing up and into entering adulthood that there was something really um, uh, attractive. attractive and seductive to a discipline. Like here's at least something, at least this is something that has boundaries and we are contained and controlled. And as, as much as like, we're trying, we're like a, 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 a horse, you know, um, you know, working against the bit, like at least, at least someone's got us under, under control. And like, this is that place. I think that was the, the yeah. seduction for it or the attraction for it. Yeah, and someone's looking out for you. If you're under the guidance of a teacher, you know they. Yeah. You you hopefully feel like they've got your best interests at heart. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have that elsewhere. So for me, that was that was right. a big draw. You know, and people yeah. would check in on each other, and, and you know, like if someone wasn't there for a week, but like where's so and so, and things like that. And I liked the way the teachers covered for each other when they went to Mysore, and it, it was yeah, it was good vibes. Yeah. It was really nice. And I had a lot of, I, I think it probably saved me about 2K in therapy too, because I would just have a week where I'd be melting down and like, you know, I'd feel it come up from the pelvis and I'd be like, oh shoot. And then it would hang out at the solar plexus a little while. Then it would come up and out through my chest, the, like pain, yeah. uh, you know, around yeah. the sternum area and then, and then meltdown time. But I knew it was all good. There's a lot of stuff needed to come up. So, and then, and then I just didn't really need that anymore. So that mm. was that was really interesting, nice. but really good, really good. Because yeah. I'd just been so heavy with depression before that. Yeah. So that was that was uh, yeah, that was amazing. And that had kind of started in early in early youth for you. You kind of you'd kind of gone off the rails a bit early on, and was it? I guess you don't need to get into details with us, but I imagine that there you'd, it had been kind of rough for you growing up. Yeah, well, I I remember being four four years old. So my mom and dad split when I was four. My dad joined the Mormon Church when I was four. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, he went not that. Jesus. Well, quite. So- oh no! <laughs> They're all going to know really soon. So my mom, who's a bit she well, she was a big six foot woman from Yorkshire wow. Uh, wow. really loud and, and uh, uh, you know very uh, direct woman uh, so I was brought up by her my two my two brothers my two brothers were older than me they struggled more I think with my dad not being there because they remember him whereas yeah I have a couple of memories that's it so um so he got remarried to someone in the church and and took on uh, her sons, stepchildren, etc. So, um, but I remember moving into our house. We had to sell the house, etc., in the divorce. And then I remember moving into our new house, and I had mum. I had mumps, measles, and chickenpox all within the space of like six weeks. So oh I'd obviously God. picked up on the stress. And I remember the. Um, I remember my mum standing in the middle of the living room. I was just on the sofa as the removal member bringing stuff in, and just feeling 
And my memory of it is just black, like it's just dark and black and just very, very depressed. I didn't know it was that at the time. And I remember my mum going, oh, for fuck's sake, because they're taken. <laughs> the last people had taken the light bulbs with them. Oh, <laughs> my yeah, so she was like obviously very stressed. Three children. I mean, she'd had three under five years, right? So oh I was the gosh. surprise. I wasn't a plan. So, um, yeah, so she was highly stressed. And I just remember feeling dreadful. And it, it kind of continued from there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling like sad most of the time. I was extremely thin as a child. I, I had problems with eating. I couldn't swallow properly and stuff. And... Um, I'd skip meals. I didn't eat all the time I was at school because I was forced to have school dinners because they were free and my mum didn't have much money at all. Yeah. So that that led to, easily led into eating disorders with no problem whatsoever. It was because it was normal. I didn't eat the entire day. And I remember my mum used to be always be asleep when I got home from school because she probably had depression too. So I'd sneak in the kitchen, try and get some bread. And then, because I didn't want to tell her I hadn't eaten the lunch because it was disgusting. Right. Uh, but the dinner lady as we had, they used to try and force me to eat, you know, force feed. And then, um, oh my gosh. And then, you know, we'd have, we'd have like dinner time. But yeah, that was, that was kind of messed up. And then my brothers were, they're quite bullyish, really. I don't, I don't actually speak with them hardly anymore. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, so it was kind of weird. And then my mum remarried when I was 10. And my stepdad was a dream. He was lovely. He passed away uh, 2018. He was a brilliant guy, really, really oh. nice. Couldn't couldn't find her. So that was that was really nice. But unfortunately they got they got married. His first wife had died of cancer and then he married my mum and then my mum got cancer. Oh no. <laughs> so I really felt for him, you know, it's really hard for him. And he's working. My mum did, but but she's she was like a really stubborn fucker. So she held on for like another thirty years. So she had chemo oh. and mastectomy and everything. So so she was 40 when she got it and then she died at 72. So it's not bad, actually. No. She, she only initially had 50-50 chance of survival. So, wow. so it was actually pretty positive. So she died in 2014. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah. And then, and then <laughs> my friend at school, she had a sleepover and her mom, when we were 13, and then her mom gave us some cider. And, I, and that was the start of the thinking for me. Yeah. yeah, when you were that thirteen, just, yeah, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I just remember feeling the best I've ever felt. Yeah, because I was t- <laughs> and wow. I was like, I feel warm, I feel content, I feel relaxed, and it was the first time mm. I remember feeling like that. Uh-oh. So, and then that was it. I was, I was on it. I was on it. I didn't drink in the. I would drink from like Thursday through to very late Saturday night kind of thing. So we'd be That was me too. We share a lot of similarities. Yeah. I remember when I was 12, um, I mean, my father's an alcoholic, so we always had alcohol readily available. Um, (laughs) Okay. But, (laughs) but my parents had some, like a bottle of sherry, I think like church, you know, the church wine. (laughs) And I love right, okay. church wine. I, I got baptized when I was 10. And uh-huh. then you could start taking communion at church. And I was like, this stuff is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you just I get a sip at church, right? 
But then yeah. I remember asking my mom, what is that? What kind of wine is that? And she's like, oh, it's sherry. And they had just sherry. And that I was my, sherry. yeah, my great grandmother actually always drank a glass of sherry before bed as well. So I don't know. It's like some sort of mm. tradition in my family. But I remember okay, coming home from school and like pouring myself a little glass of sherry when I was probably about 11, 12 years old. And like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> this is quite nice because also my parents were working all the time, you know. So, so you had a glass of sherry when you came right. home from school? Yeah, every not day. every day, but just like, you know, you Most can't drink days. it every day. Otherwise, you, you're going to get busted. You know, you got <laughs> to space yeah. that stuff out. <laughs> it's just very gradual. You can kind of get away get away with it. But that yeah. is, my dad, my dad was an alcoholic too before he joined the church. Yeah. So, yeah, we have got. Mm-hmm. A little parallels there. Yeah. And that and then, feeling, then, like when you're young and all of a sudden, like, I mean, I guess this is why children shouldn't drink alcohol because, <laughs> because it makes quite an impression, does it not? Like when all of a sudden, especially if you've gone through a lot of, you know, emotional things as a young child, and then all of a sudden you're 12, 13 and, and, um, and you feel yeah. amazing. And like yeah. you don't yeah. have to think about anything, and all of your problems are gone. It's very appealing. Oh my god, it's very appealing. <laughs> and 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 also you've got the hormones kicking in. And back then, yeah. there was it was probably the same for you guys. There wasn't much in the way of education or being able to find decent amounts of information to help yourself. I mean, my mom no. put a, a book about puberty in the drawer, and that was it. Like, there was no talk or what Good or for anything. Her. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, William Stoppard, who was his TV doctor. I mean, that that was it. I was actually quite glad because I, I didn't want to talk with her about it at all. Mm. Um, and then a lesson at school, and that which was quite horrible and scary and, and quite revolting, actually. And um, and that that was really it. So no one, no one going into the teenage years really knew what was going on or had any boundaries or knew yeah. what was okay, and especially girls and how you know what's illegal <laughs> like mm. there's a lot of it would have been illegal like you know at school going on with older older boys and and young girls sure. and yeah very bizarre. now I look back I'm like wow yeah. how did how was that stuff happening that is terrible but a lot of a lot of the kids drank and a lot smoked uh you know smoked well it was hash then didn't they have weed so a lot of hash smoking yeah I got caught up in that quite a lot and then, and then, just kind of moves on to more chemical-based stuff, the which was probably stuff. the best time of my life. If I'm <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> At all, I mean, I hit the club and rave scene when it was pumping. It was the yeah. best, and it was never that mm. good again. And the drugs were so good, Manchester. Oh my. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I had the best time, and then. And then I just kind of needed to just get a grip because I was getting I was getting a lot of suicidal ideation on the come downs, which yeah. had kind mm. of always been in the background since being a kid. Kind yeah. of it a was getting drop really in serotonin better. after that huge oh. rush from the MDMA. It was like, oh, I love everything, and then you just kind of come down. It's like, oh, where'd that go? Yeah, and then I'd go down, but then I'd keep going down. Like when we mm. come back to normal, I'd just keep going down and down, and they were getting harder and harder. So I started. Um, I just started running one day. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go run. We live near the South Downs, and 
And uh, that kind of, that kicked off my my love affair with exercise. And I was like, oh, this actually feels really good. Obviously not as intense as dropping four E's, which I used to do in the night. But <laughs> it was like, so it was like, okay, well, this this feels good. And I feel, I actually feel really positive. And that, I remember, yeah, one of my first jogs I went out for, I remember someone from school saw me. And the next day she goes, I think I saw you at running last night. And I was like, no, no, that wasn't me. Because at the time it wasn't cool to be seen exercise. <laughs> sure. And yeah. drinking yeah. as yeah. a girl in the 90s. Well, yeah. uh, no, that would have been late like 80s. It, it just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't cool. It was cool to be like snogging boys and smoking silk cut. So yeah, that's my <laughs> oh God, those idea. Silk cuts. Those there. are terrible <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> if you're pushing the boat out, when I started, there was eighty-eight pence for ten, and there was a news agent that would sell single cigarettes for twelve p. Yeah. So that's, that's how I started smoking. Yeah, so so it was all it was all kind of carnage, and then I joined a gym, and uh, and uh, I was still dipping in and out of the rain club scene, and yeah. then and then I think it was when I yeah then I decided I needed to get away from home, so I went to university and studied sports science, and and then I went completely like very extreme the other way, completely teetotal. I started working working in clubs, so I couldn't drink or take anything. Right, um, and that worked, that worked really well for quite some time. And then you're like working out yeah. and studying, and like I, all into health and yeah, doing. I just and love that, that, like the thing that you were keeping hidden. That was this hidden side of you was the healthy side, <laughs> yeah. and you had to yeah. kind of keep this on the down low that you were secretly <laughs> a health yeah. nut, and then you had to escape. And you know, escape the whole scene so you could go really fully explore that health nut piece. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so arse backwards from. It's so I know it's so weird, but it was off the time because it just yeah. wasn't. It's true. Done. A cool thing. Yeah. It was yeah. now. So now you'd, 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 people would look at you really weird if you took drugs. It's like that's right. not, just not cool. It's but true. At the time, ex- being really normal wasn't cool. You're a geek, you'd be punched at school. It was just right. like, no. Yeah. You know, to yeah. tell a skyboff PE was a cool thing to do. I always wanted to do PE, but I was like, no, I can't do it today. No, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a note. Because yeah. that's what the cool girls did. And then they'd yeah. go smoking at the back of the school. So. That's our community, right? That's the Ashtanga Yoga community is is a whole bunch of punks and trauma-informed drug users <laughs> who are just like, I just need Maybe a minute. Trauma-sensitive. <laughs> trauma I just need a minute to myself to kind of recover from this, please. <laughs> Can I just, I'm just going to like, nobody will know, but I'm going to go fucking meditate. I'm like, <laughs> I just need a minute. <sighs> <laughs> It's completely yeah. back to front. It's yeah. completely bizarre. I did feel when we were when we were practicing Ashtanga Brian, I felt like there was a lot of interesting characters in the room that I would have liked to have gotten to know. So oh, yeah, there like probably was a lot. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get invited to those parties. No, nor did we. And we didn't have party. We just did the thing. We just the met. Party in the morning. We just oh. did the yoga. That's where we. But we all did. We all would have liked to have gotten off, you know, as you say. Mm. Well, it's, mm. it is interesting. Even in, in my sort there seems like there is always kind of two groups of people. And like those were like the really, um, you know, like spiritual path, 
teetotalers sort of like no, you know, pure, pure everything. Puritans. Pure food, pure body, pure mind. There were Puritans and there were punks. Yeah. No, but even like, even like past punks would be Would Puritans. become Puritans. Yeah. Okay. But then there's like always a subset of people in Mysore. I was never a part of that subset, so I didn't get invited so much. You were a teetotaler. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, <sighs> you know, like still smoking dope all the time or like taking ketamine oh, really? or like, you know, doing oh. all kinds of crazy Playing stuff. Playing chess. <laughs> That's what we did. We played chess and shoot ketamine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, get up and do advanced series in the morning. And yeah. I, I mean, I was always yeah. like, "How do you do that? That's insane." Yeah, I, I knew. I knew a lot of guys that. that would do tui and then do their yoga practice and feel amazing. <laughs> yeah, feel great. I get nauseous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the best practice ever. So, yeah. wow. But tell me yeah, what happened. Cool. You said, like, after pregnancy, your approach to practice really changed. So. Did she oh, say that? Yeah. yeah, she just said it. Oh, she said interview. it earlier? It's not in the notes. I was is there anything more about drugs that we could no, talk about? No. Let's let's move on. Let's, let's move, move on, on from to the, the drug. pregnancy. No, but our, our listeners really much. respond very positively in the focus groups to when we mention the drugs. They we get letters. When you show me numbers, I'll believe it. No, I have them. I'll get them. My last word on that is just say no, kids. Just, just say, say no, no to the job. Exactly. Thank you, Nancy no. Reagan, for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, really, that really worked, that campaign, didn't it? No. Um, but I feel like that you need you need the duck with the light, right? Otherwise, you can't yeah. see the light. It's know? true. It needs. I like I like the mix up. And also, if you if you if you have a foot in either path, the duck and the light, you can. I feel like you can understand people better. 100%. So like whoever you end up teaching, you can have you can probably have a sense of where they're at. You might not completely understand where they're at, but you know, with regard to their behavior or emotional level at that on that day. If you the, the teachers I've been with that have just led a very pure life, or what well, I might have made assumptions about them, but I feel like they don't always have a handle on how you know how people are, you know, human behavior. Yeah. So so then their teaching is affected by that I, mm -hmm. I like being taught by people that have have seen both sides of life yeah I think 100 yeah the full spectrum of human experience teacher? yeah totally yeah 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 and I had friends that I mean a few people from school have passed away now because they never they never got straightened out after all the drugs mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. so you know and I'm fully aware that I could have been on a I could have stayed in a very different different path so the fact I can even kind of get on a mat and actually move, I'm quite happy about. Yeah. <laughs> not actually do you, do you know this? Having, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Do, do you know this place, uh, Chithurst, that's out by you? I think past Worthing, into the... Into the, the Midhurst? Chit, yeah, it's... Chit um. It's a Buddhist center. It's a Hinayana forest sangha kind of Vietnamese uh, Buddhist center. Uh, Ajahn Semedo is a kind of famous famous American who who kind of formed it and started it out there. Uh, former medical doc it. out of Vietnam, and we used to go visit because it wasn't far. 
from from Brighton. And I just really love those guys because they're really honest about how how fucked up their lives were before they got into <laughs> to Buddhism. You know, and like I just the phrase that one one fellow used that just really stuck with me is like, well, my life was a plate that had all these fucking crabs on it. I was just trying to keep the fucking crabs on the plate. I don't think he used fu- the word fucking, but, you know, for <laughs> emphasis, you know, but yeah. I was just trying to keep these crabs on a plate and it was became completely, you know, pointless. And so, yeah, I, I became a monk. I like that as a visual. Yeah. yeah. Because you're not mm. going to keep them all on, right? Yeah. <laughs> just no. do you're trying to yeah. keep this. My, my the... one I often think of is spinning plates. You know that trick that, yeah. you know, you, you, yeah, I don't know who does that, but I've seen it on shows. Where Somebody you spin does plates it. And you know them crash. But, like, I find, I feel like uh, motherhood's like that with running a business and stuff. You know, yeah. I, I, there's always going to be one crashing down. It, actually, even before I had kids, my life was like this. Um, <laughs> you, you don't you never know which one. And you'll never have them all spinning well at the same time either. Right. Well, once you realize that, it's actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just surrender to the chaos. <laughs> it's like it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Like uh, Michelle Obama says, you can have everything, but just not at this all the same time. Right. Yeah. And like that's, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, because you just make yourself sick otherwise. <laughs> trying yeah. to get it yeah. all at the same time, and who's to say it's all for you anyway? Mm. <laughs> that's true. I f- yeah, I, I feel like. Um, I don't know. It's odd to say, but I feel like that the, the one of the big, the major issues for us is is you know these these class distinctions where you know if if we had some of our basic needs taken care of, you know, like, <laughs> like food, cooking and cleaning, cook ugh, that. But this, but like food and a ho- a home and healthcare then we wouldn't be making ourselves sick trying to keep ourselves alive. And it's even like, it might even be worse in the United States where if you get sick, well, there's a hundred grand gone that you have a debt on. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, like, yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. it just seems like, you know, you watch, you, you, you watch people like, you know, it's the super rich running around, you know, shooting rockets off into space. <laughs> and you think, well, maybe if some of their income was taxed, you know, like like the Beatles, ninety five percent. Then maybe we we could have, you know, afford not to work ourselves sick. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the Elons and the Jeff Watsits. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. What you're saying. The setup just isn't isn't great, is it? No, it's not great. Yeah, and I feel like the divide is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. The elite seems to be getting more elites. The poorer are getting poorer, and it's it's all. And then you've got the people in the middle just yeah. trying to like money into yoga and whatnot, and and not always helping themselves. Yeah, which well, just seems like also every year <laughs> the elites are making sure that the tax rate is to their advantage even more every year. Oh yeah, and then that's gone on for the last sixty years. You know since you know, fucking Thatcher and Reagan. And they're like, well, thank you very much. Well, things are much markedly worse now. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. I just got resentful he just... about your condition. 
I was thinking about how fucking about rough American it's been, politics. and I got annoyed thinking about it. It's like, well, there <laughs> there are structural see. reasons why you're, you know, struggling at points, and like that's that's a piece of it. Is that the the ability just to live? But let's. Let's talk about how yeah. your practice changed after pregnancy, and then we'll we come back to that. Yeah, we'll circle back around to that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I was still teaching a lot of vinyasa when I when I uh, was pregnant with my first daughter, and then as the pregnancy you know progressed, I was finding that harder and harder. Yeah. Um, I wasn't getting that tired. I I just 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 the bump was in the way, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Um, so I gave, you know, I gave some of my one-to-one clients to, to other teachers, etc. And then I just, I very naively thought I would come back to it all very quickly after having having Bonnie. And uh, that's, I did give it a go, but my classes just did, I couldn't, I just didn't want to do them. I didn't want to be away from her so much. So I focused on the trainings because then I could work for like, a, you know, a short, a short amount of time like three or four days and then and then be off again doing admin around around her so that worked well but I just and I kept thinking probably for a good three years uh, uh no two years after having that I would get back to a strong vinyasa practice yeah and then and then my but my back really hurt a lot of the time and so did my my hips uh just in in you know in, yeah. in a uh, accordance with my state of my back so yeah so I never I never did get back to that and then I had another daughter so three years later and then and then I completely let go of like a strong yoga practice and I just thought well if I if I can occasionally do one that's nice but actually what I my, my sympathetic nervous system is so shot to bits now what I actually need is something to to hook me up into my parasympathetic so yeah. mm. why would I go into a really stimulating hard class when yeah. my body's already at, on the edge with regards right. to cortisol and adrenaline <laughs> that would just yeah. Yeah. i don't know what would happen to me if i, if I went yeah. to my soul like now i'd just be like oh i can't do it i'd probably cry again so now so now <laughs> i, I see you crying yeah a lot of crying big crier yeah um yeah so now i would i i look for more nurturing styles more Ones that are going to give me energy as opposed to me expending energy while I'm there. Yeah. 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 And my back much prefers it as well. Much prefers it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Pilates yeah. And, and just any movement, really. Any movement. Of, yeah. Cycling, yeah. swimming in particular. Right. Yeah. So you added in like other types of movement into your day for fitness and then use the yoga more like a, it sounds like a softer kind of more meditative or slightly more in, introspective yeah. approach where you're not moving so fast yeah. going a little slower it's healing yeah rather than ex- yeah. exacerbating the issue exactly yeah so i had a i had a scan on my on my back i think i can't remember if it was before or after i had little rosie she's my little one um but the discs were really mashed and that's when i realized how uh, mashed my my lumbar spine was and then I yeah. I worked with a I think it was after I had her actually anyway and then I worked for three years with a personal trainer who did back care stuff so I'd see him twice a week and then and did a lot of swimming and, and very gentle yoga and then it, it healed quite a lot the discs had had I didn't even know they could do that but they had moved back in because they were bulging all out really? to the left side um so they'd recovered massively and they're, they're yeah. probably the best they'll ever be now um, wow. and I thought, well, I don't, 
I don't want to risk because I've been in pain for so long. I don't want to risk upsetting yeah. that now. So I'm, I'm, I just then, then I completely let the the desire to get back to the stronger forms of yoga. It just, it just, it just went. I was like, yeah, wow. that's, that was a great trip, but I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a new trip now. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I, where I was. I was feeling really good, like going into like a yin practice from just kind of just gently on the mm. floor. And then I thought, well, maybe I should try putting my foot behind my head again. It's been a, been a long time. It's been too long. And as soon as I started doing the movements that put me towards putting my foot behind my head and then, you know, standing up on one leg with my foot behind my head, that's where I was going towards. I immediately started to feel the herniations and, and all of the, the sciatica and all the stuff come back. I was like, Wow. Just to get my fucking foot behind my head? Like what what that's so pointless to feel this to feel that pain again for that. When I could just be having a really nice time. But you just you just wanted to see, right? If you could do it again. Yeah. You just (laughs) just wanted to see. Yeah. 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 And then you're like, yeah, no. No. No, not worth it. Your leg used to be behind your head a lot. Yes, it? Like, yeah. like it was to... there a lot. <laughs> Here, let's do this. Everybody, look at me. <laughs> I didn't sense you were a kind of teacher, though. You were just doing your thing, I think. You or didn't maybe... sense that I was a what kind of teacher? A look at me kind of teacher. Oh, that's what was going on inside, though. <laughs> mm. okay. Inside, well, I was a look from... at me kind of teacher for sure. Yeah, hundred oh, like hundred and ten percent. I was there to be observed while I was showing off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's then there's the teaching piece where you know there's the demonstration piece, but then there's the teaching piece where I was just like with my hands feeling energy and seeing what will move and what won't move. You know, I think that was yeah. more of a an honest space where I was just listening you know yeah. when i was manipulating and moving and adjusting and that was i feel like that was that was um uh truncated those two those two parts of myself there was there was me where i wanted to be show, showing off and seeing look what i can do gymnastically but then there was this kind of nice jekyll and hyde there was this nice side who was just you know trying to listen <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I think every everyone's probably got that, and it's it's a choice which way you go with it, isn't it? And and it might be that you dip in and out of both. I just everyone's a little introvert or extrovert, aren't they? They're all a combination. Mm-hmm. So I think I was quite extrovert at that time, but but I'm actually I've discovered I'm actually introvert, and I actually really hate being looked at. <laughs> so I, so I um, which is I didn't actually used to. Th- think I was like that and then the more in tune I get with myself and the more embodied I become because I had disassociation disorder for a really long time um the more I'm like oh yeah actually I really don't like people looking at me or asking me what I'm doing or and and actually I really enjoyed lockdown I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would it was actually quite blissful just me and the kids had our little routine and I didn't yeah. actually really have to cough up anyone. I really liked yeah. it. And I haven't, I haven't really gone, I haven't gone back to my schedule like it was before. I've kept people, a lot online. Yeah. Mm. Were people complaining about the lockdown? 
<laughs> yeah, some do. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. No, I know. I it was nothing to me. It was the same. Was what like, was your schedule like before the lockdown? <laughs> oh, it was kind of it was kind of nuts because I I would do I was doing a lot of trainings, but they were all in person, so I was in traveling person. a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I was kind of dragging the girls with me, and I was yeah. like yeah. one of them, and then bringing a nanny with me, and it was all it was all kind of chaotic. Oh. It was just what I needed to do. Like I, I really wanted to buy us a home, so that was yeah. my. I'm very goal orientated, so yeah. And I've now I've done that. That's probably why I've I've relaxed a bit more, you know. Right. And mm. you were driving all over the country. <laughs> yeah, I'm teaching flying training a lot. and flying. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was kind of not. When I look back, I'm thinking, what? I think, oh God, oh no, that was that was a lot. I mean, yeah, they were really small the girls, but they're really good with people now. They're so used to being around in yeah. groups and people working with them and, and stuff. Well, and traveling doesn't face them. Yeah, I think also in a way, traveling when they're young is the easiest. I mean, it's it's challenging in that they're young, but it's easy because. They just want to be with you, so, and they don't yeah. have much say in the matter. So, it's yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Now it's my easy. she's starting to answer back, and she's saying what she doesn't want to do, and I'm like, yeah. oh, damn! I thought I had a mm. couple more years with her, just Mm-mm. being like really chill, but Mm-mm. she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. yes, what? We're getting to that point already, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. And she's walking away from me as I'm talking to her and I'm like this is new this is new so yeah it, and, yeah I actually it was hard but now I think about it yeah because they just wanted to cling to me it was actually kind of easier yeah yeah it's, I, it's interesting it feels hard at the time but it's also actually the time to do it <laughs> I, I noticed that walking into the home when Jediah was five and six I saw all the patterns of of the teenage years that they were present and I could see ways in which they were going to flourish and get demonstrably worse, exponentially worse. And yeah. I I thought with some encouragement from your brother, I felt <laughs> like there was a role for me there to kind of button up the attitude. And okay. so I that was I um and at times I kind of went a little bit too too enthusiastically in this direction but i went like my job was to bring base to any command so harmony would make a command and it would be ignored or you know he would be flipping about it and then i would come in with my base and reinforce the <laughs> okay. demand with base and then it's like right. it's an amazing kind of magic that happens when two voices work in harmony <laughs> you know a soprano and a bass and they kind of go together, yeah. and then the child's like, "Oh fuck, I have to do it now." There's a real, amazing like I, I think it's a, I think it's just so fundamental to our human nature that when two voices work in concert, the child instinctively obeys, <laughs> and it's 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 very very different when it's just one voice. Yeah, I think my voice because they hear it all the time. It's just a bit of a nag. So they're just, right. I mean, my six year old, she, she goes, nah, 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 like this to me. You know, she's, yeah. like, she's like, nah, 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 whatever. Like, she, she doesn't care. She, she doesn't respect rules or anything. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, so, so that's interesting. So, but 
I've noticed and I've I've noticed people in general and also myself, if the voice is male, I'll listen to it more. Right. So I don't know if it's like a an innate thing or a patriarchy thing or what, I'm not sure. But I've I have noticed that. And I think also when I've had male and female yoga teachers, I I I may well yeah, I think I listen more when the teacher's male. I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but I have <laughs> observed that in myself that I'm I'm gonna question him less. So whether right. that's like a little conditioning thing or what, I'm not sure. So I can Im- I can imagine you coming in as base working pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's so fascinating to observe that in yourself, mm-hmm. and like and to yeah. to come out and say it because I say it all the time to people, <laughs> not about me, but like as a teacher, I'm like, yeah, if I was a male teacher, you know, students would listen to you more, give you more respect, wouldn't question you, would like be signing up in droves for your workshops. <laughs> there is a yeah, being a female teacher, I mean, and you must know this in your teaching as well. I mean, you have some pretty niche areas so that are specific to women that only a w- woman can speak to. But as as a female teacher, it's it's challenging sometimes to um, hold that authority in the same way that uh, a masculine presence or energy just automatically receives the recognition and authority. Yeah, yeah. And I, interestingly, I, I was working with a business coach last year for nine months and she told, she actually told me there's been some research done and she's changed the way she works because of it. That if, uh, you know, your, your admin assistant, if they're, if they're male asking for money, no one will question it unless refunds will be asked for. But if it's female, then that will be challenged much more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, can I, can I get a discount? Can I pay an installment? Yeah. You know, all these requests. They yeah. don't, they hardly come if the request for the payment is from a male. So my business coach is, she, her, her partner emails out now, he's a man, he's a man and um, she's had a lot less hassle with regards to Wow, but she has the man do it for her. Yeah, yeah. And Fuck sometimes she'll just hell. obviously email from his email address for herself. But yeah, so it's, she's, she's noticed a, a big, a big difference. So that's something that's I'm going to be looking at doing as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, well, actually, I think I would question it less too if it was yeah. a man. I think I would. Yeah. I, I think I would just crack on and go, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I, I hate the whole asking for discounts. And so I, like, I never do it because I've always run my own business. So I don't, I don't like to pe- put people in that position. But yeah. if it was on my radio, I think I would be much less likely if I, if I was talking with a man. So I for the- sure I did. Over the last two years, my mom has, you could say fired, but let's just say got rid of her all of her female employees. She now only has the two males, her husband and her son. And her mood, uh, she recruits physicians for hospitals. And so her clients are the hospitals and they need doctors. They need urologists and that's her specialty. And so now her overall mood and aspect have a thousand percent improved with with the no female employees she is the happiest she's ever been (laughs) she's so like having these men work for her loves it loves it yeah yeah i wonder what it is exactly what she says we don't talk back i think it's a dynamic yeah (laughs) i think there's there's a dynamic there that that 
Yeah. We just do what she says. And the the ladies were always questioning her. She fucking hated it all the time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 It's like an alpha dogging thing that happens. Yeah. I have students. I do invite discussion on my trainings, but I have some students challenge me so hard. But I've had some men on the trainings, uh, you know, women, women's health related trainings, and they they're just like, yeah, great, cool. They just they just get on with it. Um, mm-hmm. but the women on the whole, fantastic. And then I will get ch- the challenges are quite good though because it makes me up my game a little bit and makes me yeah. not become lazy. So yeah. there's so there's that's positive. But it's it if I do get challenged on what I'm what I'm teaching, it's always from female students. Mm-hmm. what okay and so what trainings are these that that you're talking about because you have a few different trainings so tell us about all the different yeah. trainings that you're doing and which ones do you enjoy the most and which ones are kind of on your radar the most now uh well my pregnancy training is that feels like my, my baby because I wrote that yeah. just after I had well I started to write when I was pregnant with Bonnie who's now nine um and then that has just exploded and it's my biggest training now so I've been all over with that one all all uh, yeah I've been to Vietnam twice and Dubai five times and Doha wow. and, and then a few times with it wow. and then now I find it predominantly online which I absolutely love and it's brilliant for the students because you do you remember back in the day you'd take a notepad and then you'd have to write everything down that was being said and you'd get home yeah. from the training and you, you had no idea what had happened yeah. you'd have to teach from you know from that experience because <laughs> now they've got all the recordings and it's it's great and they can yeah. revisit the material at any time so it's it's fantastic so so that's that's probably my favorite because it's just it's just kind of part of me and it's what, what I've been known for yeah. I'm quite proud of it I've got a real nice team I've got lots of guest teachers coming on that one um yeah. and then I've got a postnatal training which is just two days because I found with the postnatal as I'm sure you're aware it can be pretty dark <laughs> dark times <laughs> and lots of nitty gritty and yeah. and bits falling off so <laughs> oh. so we you, I added on you said that your I added fanny on falls off days. that's what you said before we started recording <laughs> After yeah, you have a baby, right, so your fanny us. falls off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it That's feels strange. like that. Like it just feels like parts of you are falling off and leaking, and there's just yeah. a lot going on. So yeah. we talk about all sorts of my training. There's nothing left. There's nothing. There's nothing off off limits. Yeah. So it's a very inclusive training in that regard. And when I trained to be a pregnancy yoga teacher, the training I did was wonderful. But it's—I um, mean, you can only do so much in six days. But it didn't cover the more nitty-gritty side of pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. Yeah. I didn't feel so. I try and bring that into my one without getting too dark. And then, but then I added on another two days, which is my yeah. postnatal standalone postnatal training, which gets into subjects more uh, where, where people are more challenged, so baby loss. Um, abdominal separation prolapse yeah. etc so we I had to take that out of this the pregnancy training where we do touch on postnatal because it was just too much for some people they were like <laughs> I could see their faces they were like oh horrified <laughs> um so <laughs> like oh dear <laughs> I'm like there's real and then there's you know being real and then there's just scaring people so I I took those subjects out and we, we've popped that into a two-day postnatal training and then um which is oh, actually I really love giving that one. I have smaller groups for for that one, but yeah. I really love it. I have usually about eight to ten people on that, Amazing. and then um, 
just to say that every year my my mom and I we go to a urology conference, <laughs> and we and every year it's a different city. And, and we're about to go in two weeks. We're gonna go to the giant urology conference. And Harmony came last year, and what I pointed out to her is that one of the big things that they offer is called a transvaginal sling. <laughs> and I said, Harmony, now you could get a va- transvaginal sling, and then you could go on on the trampoline again. It'd be nice. <laughs> It'd be good to be able to jump up and down. But is that like an old school loincloth? Is it the, no, the no, same it's, it it's a surgery. It's a surgical it's procedure. Surgery. And then um, you can you can you be able to jump up and you'd be able to jump up and down again. No, but they have do, things do, 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 like do, do, that do, do, that you do, do, can do, do, wear special it's not, diapers. But at the, the conference they really want to do surgery on you. Like that's really what they're about. So, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. Good. You fix all yeah. that, button yeah. it all up. There's le- the urologists they they hate this but like everyone asks like are you gonna do any you know female urologies like oh leaky ladies no i don't want to do that it's not my focus (laughs) (laughs) leaky ladies there's a lot of leaky ladies out there oh my gosh yeah Yeah. there's a lot especially when you get to perimenopause and menopause because the collagen production drops so much in the body that that's often when challenges that occurred in in labor and postnatally you know you can sometimes kind of live with it but then they come back to haunt you menopause and that's yeah. when these surgeries can really be quite helpful for people mm-hmm. yeah because it's not it's not like we just have to live with this stuff now you know there are solutions yeah which mm-hmm. is super positive so these conferences you're going to russell <laughs> did, yeah i didn't expect you to be saying you'd gone to a conference like but there are, I think it's really positive. It's great. There are some answers out there. And the, also the right kind of yoga can be very, very helpful. The wrong kind of yoga can make it a lot worse. Yeah, Prolapse, so. I'm thinking of currently. Oh, yeah. It's currently on my own. Yeah. So my menopause What's training the, is a new one. Yeah, the menopause training. Tell us about this. This yeah. sounds amazing. So it's like teaching teachers how to teach menopausal women. Is that – am I correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So – so it's quite, it's only started this year. So it's still kind of forming and I'm still playing around with it. So we've done one in-person one down here in Worthing. So I had 22 brilliant women on that. We had we had a good time. And then I'm running it online for the first time this week. So it's oh, still, great. I'm still getting feedback and tweaking it. You know how it takes yeah, a while yeah. to, to totally. place. I mean, saying that my pregnancy one is now nearly 10 years old and I'm still changing that every time I teach it, I change something. Um, yeah, it keeps it fresh. The, yeah, yeah. So we we just it's just nice to come together with other like-minded women and just chat about the the downsides and and also the upsides because there are a lot of upsides and that's what I would really want to get across and you get a lot more kind of well my experience so far I'm only in perimenopause but is you you start to care less about what other people think that's that's currently what's coming up for me and it's really wonderful. I'm really enjoying <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. Some of the things we've discussed, for example, in this post, I wouldn't have mentioned even two years ago. But now I'm like, does it does it even matter? Really, if someone doesn't like it, they'll just switch it off. You know, I'm just talking about stuff that's happened. It's not it's not a big deal. So I'm finding that really refreshing because I've always worried about what other people think of me. Or you know, how do I look? And you know, they're going to judge me and think the wrong thing. And now it's like, well. So what? I mm. I don't know how that comes about in perimenopause, but that is what's coming about for me, and I really like it. 
I really, really yeah. like it. And I'm finding also now I'm, I'm hearing about people I went to school with passing away. And, you know, I've had a couple of students pass away too and stuff like that. I'm just having a much more of an appreciation of my, my body in mm. that I'm just so glad I'm still in it. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not that I'm a great part of anything. It's kind of nice, but, but it's just, just that I'm still here in it and I can still be a mom and work and, and have, well, also just yeah. all the freedom you get living in the UK as a woman to yeah. do what I want to do. So, I, so I'm just checking in with that mentality every day. And that's, that's quite a new thing. I think I've always just been so busy because I don't want anyone to think I'm lazy or this or that. Da, 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 da. Now I'm slowing <laughs> down. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I can just smell the coffee now. I'm like, yeah, mm. wow, this body's amazing. Oh, my God, <laughs> the stuff it's been through and it's still ticking. Jeez. So I'm finding the slowness of mid-40s really quite wonderful. I'm really enjoying it. That's really nice. And so what what Mm -hmm. kinds of topics do you look at on your yoga teacher training for menopause? Well, I'm I'm quite sciencey. So we look at we look at um, the decline in collagen production and how that can increase the risk of injury. Yeah. For people if they if they take potentially the, the more traditional styles of yoga because you're working with a lot of long holds, long levers, obviously depending on what style you're, you're doing, um, right. you know, a lot of strong milibanda, et cetera. And that collectively for someone that's going through perimenopause with, with the cycles that come with that. So, you know, one minute you'll be high testosterone, the next you'll be low and low, you're going to be more prone to injury, for example, because then strength declines, et cetera. So, you know, where can we, where can we do the stronger work? When's a good time to rest? How do we deal with hot, hot flushes? Uh, my tactic with that is to move, get the energy out, to uh, use yeah. it as a, as a detox, a tamas, get the tamas out via yeah. logistic uh, yeah, approach, yeah. Yeah. moving. Whereas some of the trainings out there, they've got a slightly different approach. And it's not one that's worked for me is when you're having a hot flash, lie down and do a cooling breath. I, oh, I like yeah. to move and just get that energy out. So that's, that's, what, that's what I'm suggesting on the training. But of course, not... I'm, the more I teach women of my age, the more I'm realizing there's you just need a multitude of approaches because everyone is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah. What works for some just, might not work for others. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a colleague, uh, Rachel Boone. She comes, she's a naturopath. Mm-hmm. She's my naturopath, actually. So she comes in and gives a two hour, two lots of two hour talks as well um, on how naturopathy can help. And, and she comes from more of a medical background. So she talks. Um, exactly about what's going on hormonally during perimenopause and menopause and, and how that can affect uh, psyche and, and body as well. Um, wow. What other stuff do we do? So I've just put two new flows together. One's for, one is for cooling. So on those days where you do feel really depleted and then yeah. restore some restorative yoga as well. And then also a practice to get the heat out. So we channel, we channel goddess Kali on that one. And uh, lots of lion breath and and goddess pose and roaring and, and yeah, just do like planks. And that I'm looking forward to teaching that one on Friday. So just get your body really hot and get the heat out and they can can relax. So it's a slightly different approach, I think, than what's out there. But also just inviting discussion like I do in all my trainings and just – I want people because most of the people that are drawn to the training are going th- are going through perimenopause and menopause. So I right. just want to invite discussion from them to bounce ideas off and just be with other other women because uh, like I I enjoy being on my own, but I think a lot of people will find it quite a lonely time. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to myself an awful lot, so I'm never lonely. <laughs> <laughs> My little one, she's like, are you talking again, mummy? I'm like, oh, it's my ADHD. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. I think I was. I do. And I quite like journeying on my own if I'm going through some sort of turmoil. I actually like sitting on it and journeying on my own. But that's not for everyone. That can send some people into an abyss, which isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, they, say the, they say an abyss is unhealthy, but it could be a good learning opportunity as well. The, the only way is that. Yeah. Some people don't have the skill set to bring themselves back up, though. That's the that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that is the challenge. I I noticed this yeah. weekend. I I I was doing a like a, I was having my own midlife crisis. I was doing a landscaping in the backyard <laughs> and oh. you know, carving things up and moving rocks and lifting and pulling sod up and the whole thing and i was like yeah i'm just this is what old men do as middle-aged men <laughs> you leave it unfinished a lot of men no, do it's, that. Yeah, it's un- of course it's unfinished and then it's yeah, uh, more than two days <laughs> it's got the i've got i've got more to do and then my wife was inside on the bed with her dogs and her pillow over her head, just in go- goddess pose, I guess you'd call it, asleep. I think yeah, we're both we're, we're both pose. in we're both doing like our our hom- hormonally informed activities. Yeah. To be fair, I had been up since five a.m. <laughs> teaching yoga, and I, it was now like eleven a.m. and I was exhausted. I have no idea what you're up to before I wake up. I have no idea. <laughs> When you're a yoga teacher like that, it's like you're on a different you're on a different time frame for Vinar. So you, I remember just being so tired by two p.m. If I come to my sort practice first, taught three yeah. classes in the morning, I was like, it feels like evening now. I used to really struggle yeah. with that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, have, I know. I have like the thing that I find really challenging is like I teach online on Fridays, and then I right now I'm teaching my pranayama class on Saturdays online, mm. and both are at six a.m. for me. Which means like, wow. like you kind of got to be up and like getting ready by five a.m. Yeah. to like you know <laughs> make sure you're on time for six a.m. I want to do that. I want to do your ancient breathing course. Yeah, come. And so the yeah, the, but those two early mornings for me, like back to back, I find really yeah. exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like just like yeah. the needing to be up and like alert and present and like to prepare and then show up online. I don't know. I'm just not able to do the early mornings every day back to back. Like I can do one offs, but then I kind of need a day in between to relax and recover and not have to do the early morning thing again. I've noticed that with age too, I can do a couple of early mornings and then I'm done. Whereas obviously doing my soul practice, it was just completely normal. Yeah. that's the thing it's like 3 4 a.m no problem up yeah. wake up yeah get on with but then it. we'd be asleep by seven well. yeah or often i would take the after i'm i think i've just been a big napper my whole life apparently i used but to more so now yeah you yeah. have to take the that afternoon nap because you can't function when it by 2 p.m like you're saying <laughs> you've already been up for like 10 hours almost and you're like okay (laughs) I think I need to take a nap now (laughs) you're completely spent I do like I do like being on uh like normal people time now yeah Mm -hmm. I'm actually so do I yeah Yeah. I remember that like teaching Mysore when I was teaching Mysore you know regularly and before 
having um before having my son and just like you know so I was young still <laughs> like in my late 20s early 30s and teaching Mysore getting up at 3 a.m you know doing my practice teaching Mysore and then and literally and then like doing some morning stuff you know doing some computer work or whatever but literally by like 3 4 p.m like asleep on the couch like yeah. could not yeah stay awake like just so exhausted yeah yeah and but I, then like, when you you're just in can't do that, that. you yeah yes. i mean when you're in like, india you, you can take yeah. a nap whenever you want though i think and not feel bad but like <laughs> but you can't do that when you have kids you can't like you know be completely no. flat out and be responsible at 3 p.m or 4 p.m it's not a good look <laughs> when mommy's asleep in the middle of the day is it no, that's what my mom used to do. Right. That's what my mom used to do. Mm. Yeah. The two of us would just be running wild in the house. Yeah. I think she just, it's probably an anxiety thing. She just like couldn't fucking deal with it. My brothers were horrible. They used to have proper punch ups. So, oh my um, gosh. Just like, yeah. For not, I'm not talking sibling rivalry, I'm talking proper fights. So, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. They were, it was really hardcore. So, yeah, I think she, that's, she probably had to go to sleep. Otherwise, she's going to kill someone. <laughs> I remember once but, coming home hmm. from, from school with my great, with my report card, and mom was asleep. Um, at, for some reason, she was she was home. And I went going to her bed and showing her my report card. Look, look, mommy, it's straight D's. <laughs> <laughs> I've managed to I've managed to avoid fail, fail total failure. And so I'm straight D's. And she looked at it. She just moaned and then rolled over away from me. <laughs> oh my god, I get I feel like a connection with your mum now. Yeah. I get that feeling. I understand it. I understand that. Where you have nothing left. There's nothing left. There's no no energy for reaction. And you're like, you can't change it anyway, so you might as well just roll over and groan. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think this menopause training sounds so interesting, so fascinating. Take it, yeah. yeah. Evidently you're not you're not doing that anymore, are you? I don't know. I was mm. I was I really thought, well, I might be finished, but then I was talking to my grandmother's caregiver yesterday and she's I think like years 55, 57, somewhere in there. And uh, she, she told a, me she hadn't had her period for nine months. And then it came like last month and oh. she was so irritated by it. Yeah. And, mm. and I was like, don't tell me these things. Hello. <laughs> I just want to say that this has been, <laughs> this has been phenomenal and really, really cool to, to get back in touch with you and to hear how you're doing, getting on. You sound like you're in an, like you have this incredible space now to be you and that's phenomenal and it's really yeah, nice and it's like I, I, when Harmony first told me that we were going to interview Sally from Sussex I was like fuck off <laughs> and it's like and then but no it's been it's been really nice to not have a podcast with my ex-wife and to actually just spend time with an old an old oh. maid from back in the day this has been cool oh no mate yeah, from way back when. From way oh, back when. Well, it's been. Uh, I do. I do think of our days in Brighton, practicing Ashtanga very fondly. That was a. Yeah. 
it was very necessary for me to go through that journey for sure. British people are tough to teach, so it was quite a journey for me as well. They are quite confrontational with their opinions. And we wouldn't oh. you wouldn't the, the, the British don't necessarily have that uh, reputation, but they are extraordinarily challenging as as students in that they challenge you on every last fucking thing that you say. <laughs> Whereas when right. I moved to Taiwan, they just did what I told them to do and didn't oh, say a fucking word. Yeah, it was completely. like that. I taught in Vietnam a couple of times. Yeah. It was like that there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, this is nice. I get used to this. Really Refreshing. It was so yeah. nice. But it was so nice. I didn't really know if they were enjoying it or anything or if they're actually no. getting in out of it because they right, were so yeah. silent. No, they won't tell you. Yeah. yeah. They'll give you gifts, yeah. maybe. They'll gift <laughs> so giving, many gifts. Nice. Yeah, oh my so gosh. many gifts. Yeah. And, and you yeah. didn't get any gifts from the British. No. Just a lot of talk back. No, I don't think I bought you anything though. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you yes, brought me not. nothing good. but a lot of energy in the morning, which I appreciated. Thank Not you energy. All right, Russ, let's go. Let's yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. How how could I take a course on menstruation from you? What would be or pre perimenopausal? How women through pregnancy? How could yoga? I help myself through pregnancy and yoga? How what could what could I? How could well, I get a hold of you? A lot of the practices are so gentle and therapeutic. They're actually really nice on the back. I love yeah. teaching pregnancy. My back always feels better. And the postnatal stuff is quite a lot of Pilates weaved into it. So it's actually yeah. you know what I'm saying is the practices might be nice for you. But hey, I have nice, anyone yeah. on the train. I love it when men join my trains. It it makes it feel really balanced. Yeah. I really yeah. like it. And because yeah. they come from a more, and this isn't anything against men, from a more um, a less emotional place with it all. Yeah, it's actually it, it's like it balances out the emotional side because some women get very emotional in training. So it's which mm. again, you know, that's fine. I'm I'm one of those people. But having the male energy there, it's, it's a really nice balance. I love yeah. it. So you'd be very welcome. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you know, don't be naughty. Don't be naughty. <laughs> don't be naughty. On the That's games. not something that I'm in control of. That's <laughs> I. I literally never have any idea what's about to come out of my mouth. I'm just sort of. I'm watching the whole time. It's like I wonder what's about to happen. It'd be fun. <laughs> Is there no filter? <laughs> I, no filter. There might be a filter, well, but I'm not in control. Of you it. know, this is how Sally and I reconnected was we were on a committee for or a panel, a discussion panel for Yoga Gives Back, talking yeah. about women and menstrual equity mm-hmm. and the issues in India yes. around menstrual equity. And, and um, I'm so excited to be involved with Yoga Gives Back. And that yeah. was from nice. one of my students in Dubai, Michelle. Oh, nice. Yeah. She put me forward. They were asking, uh, Yogi was was asking if there's someone in, you know, Europe they could bring in as an ambassador. She she suggested me. So I'm actually going out to see Michelle this summer to run the menopause training in a two day pre and postnatal immersion at her studio. So it's it's funny all these little paths are crossing again. It's really nice. Beautiful. I love Michelle. Yeah. No. And Yoga Gives Back is so great. And, I just started a fundraising page for the She Scholarship, the scholarship for higher education for the girls, 
through doTERRA essential oils because I'm a doTERRA representative, even though I'm oh, not yeah. representing as well as I could be, I guess. <laughs> but oh, it's negative self-talk. They do matching funds. So we're going to try and raise $15,000 for the She Scholarship and then doTERRA will match Oh, the funds wow, up to fifteen thousand nice. dollars. Good. Wow. That's so amazing. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. be like posting it in all the ambassadors. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Sending cool. them information yeah, and getting yeah, them yeah. to we will, yeah, I'll get people to have. make donations. We'll put it'll that. be doubled, which we'll is put, amazing. But we'll put that in the show notes. That'll yeah. Be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when along and, with your training. And then how 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 can people get in contact with you with your training? Is it what's the best way? Oh sure. Um I'm on Instagram a lot. So I've got um Sally Parks Women's Yoga um as one of my Instagram accounts. And I've just started um a new like paid platform. It's like it's not making any it's super cheap though it's like five pound a month it's just like i had a lot of content and i film a lot yeah just so i've popped it all into this platform via offering tree and it's just called sally Potts yoga club so that's another instagram but i haven't built it up much yet so if people just head over to my sally Potts women's yoga account um yeah they can message me on there or just go to my website again which is my name sally Potts yoga and pop me pop me a message my yeah, yeah. A whatsapp or an email and I'm I'm online a lot, so someone Fantastic. will get back. Me and my assistant, someone will come back to them straight away. And my <laughs> trainings are open to anyone, no matter what age, gender, anything. You know, good. Awesome. Oh, wait, I'm super up for anyone. Anyone join? They don't even. They don't have to be a yoga teacher either. Uh, yeah, they can just join out. Yeah, yeah. It would be a great way to just learn about yourself, your body, or the process. If you're pregnant, you could just jump on a training and learn so much i'm sure about practicing yoga yeah. while you're pregnant or like postnatal yoga i mean so many women who become pregnant are really looking also for that postnatal information because like you it's said very there's a lot yeah there's a lot that goes on and and not much um yeah education around it or like even things sure. to help with the recovery process yeah, there's very little. It's like it's like when when a person's pregnant, there's so much fuss around them and, and yeah. around the baby, and then they have the baby and they're left. Like in the UK, yeah. we have there's no six week check or anything anymore. So in some areas, right. so there's there's literally nothing. You know, you yeah. might get a leaflet on how to recover and how to do some pelvic floor work, but that's literally it. So yeah. it's, so I feel it's really necessary. And we have a lot of people come on the trains that are not pre or postnatal; they don't plan to be, but they they are. Uh, getting they are getting students become pregnant they want to yeah. teach them one mm -hmm. student i had she had no plan to have children but she was teaching in a women's prison so she's oh, taken wow. that into, into there now so yeah. there's people from all walks of life so it, again it can be for for anyone awesome yeah. wonderful what's your what is the next trainings coming up what are the dates i have menopause training this week uh okay. so thursday uh friday and saturday i can't yeah. remember what day that is <laughs> <laughs> And then we have a fertility training next month. Again, that's that's oh, online amazing. and that's spread over that's spread over the month says weekly meetup. So that's set out a little yeah. differently. Um so that kicks off as it's the fifth of May, I think. And then there's pregnancy training in June. That's okay. um 
four days in person near me again in Worthing West Sussex and then two days are online so it's a bit of a hybrid but it's a yeah it's an experiment that one we haven't run it like that before um and then and then I can't think further than that okay oh I'm going to the states <laughs> just I'm, running, I'm teaching yeah. in, in the states yeah yeah, yeah. What- and which she, which one of them? There's like there's about there's she's like, doing pregnancy a pregnancy training and a postnatal training in the states in no, but where's Michelle like, Elkhorn? Like, she's there's, in there's there's hundreds of states. Which one is it? Yeah. Oh, maybe there's Philadelphia. There's fifty. Philadelphia. Oh, that's a Pennsylvania you. state. Yeah, I was, I was say, yeah. saying Pennsylvania in my head, but then I was like, oh, I'm not yeah. sure if that's the right state. Penn's Woods. That's how we remember it. That's good. Yeah. And last yeah. time I was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was working with some, I did, I worked on Camp America it was when I was at university and there were these kids from Brooklyn and Harlem we, we were looking after and we cycled them across Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And it was so much fun. It, oh. We did it for a week. They loved it. And then we, and wow. then we, we finished at the Amish house and had lunch. It oh. was so much fun. These kids were great. They were so, so Larry, <laughs> as we say in the UK. They were just so funny. So mm. funny, so such great. Fantastic. Yeah. So that was the last time I was in Pennsylvania, but I thought it was really beautiful. It's great to cycle. Mm. It's pretty flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a little mountainy, like around Wilkesbury and all that. Is it okay? Yeah. The Apple. It's sort of Appalachian-y. So I was concerned yeah. when you said cycle. I was like, oh, <laughs> God. Oh. She's on the flat part. <laughs> the flat part. The flat bed. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> Yeah, we've done microwave meals. We couldn't be having them going up and down hills too much. No, but they did. They did. They did great. They were brilliant children. Yeah, they thought they were adults, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was that None was a, a long time. Ago. Yeah, well, choo choo. Yeah, it'll be fun to be back. I didn't even know if you remember me. Actually, yeah, it would be. I didn't. I was like, did Mohammy remember me from Thailand? Because there were lots of students there, and then I was like, yeah. Rusty's had loads of students, so I don't know. I was just mm. coming in. Of course, I yeah. remember you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you're very nice. <gasps> is how I remember you. Very nice. Well, thank you oh, so much, Sally. It's such a pleasure to have pleasure. you on today. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony with me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow.